It's Gary. He has come to his own memorial. <laughs> Looks like he's brought a friend too. Yeah. Prue? Prue, is that you? Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJK Conveyor. Let's get the neighbors. Hello, this is Neighbours. We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast, recapping episodes of the Aussie soap Neighbours. That we just watched in Melbourne, Australia. We are in Melbourne's Pirate Net Studios on Puffer Fisher's back patio. And I'm Vaya. I have trouble suspending disbelief. I have Kate here, better known as Remude on Twitter. Hello, Kate. Hi, everybody. It's so nice to record with you in person at the OG studios as well. It's ideal. I get a little bit <laughs> triggered, not to overuse that word. It's very serious when people get triggered, but I get a little bit triggered to lockdown life when we have to go remote. It's not good Mm. for the psyche. So it's always preferred when we can go in person. And there's Mm. millions of podcasts all over the world that don't have this luxury to record in person. Yeah, eye contact is really helpful when we're doing the pod. Yes. We are very good at listening to each other's cues because we don't use video usually when we do remote records. It's it's like an old-fashioned listening to the wireless thing, isn't it? (laughs) Theatre of the mind. And what a week to convene and discuss this for reasons we'll get into. Well, firstly, if we start off with some business. Mm, Yes, of course. Sweetie, it's just business. Um, Happy 36th birthday to neighbours. And happy bummerversary for those who celebrate. (sighs) Why do birds suddenly bump here? (laughs) It's a random choice, Kate. (laughs) Look, you know... Millsy's Balm is the patron saint of our pod and, and we, we do, a, a, you know, I guess we celebrate his saint day, don't we? We do. And we've got to thank Georgie in the Neighbours Council for this sterling piece of artwork. I love it. This, I love is, it. this rivals Ned's artwork, wishing you a happy bummerversary. I love it. And kind of like clip art style. Um, like when you first got um, a new Microsoft program, yeah. like that you, when you started making invitations and stuff. Yeah, yeah. In high school. I love it. When you first worked out how to curve a font, like make a banner. Beautiful. And took her a while to find that shot. So appreciate your work. Hopefully by the time this goes up, I will have made my TikTok tribute to the Bummerversary. I know exactly which meme I'm going to jump on. So Neighbours Pod on TikTok. Now, a few new additions to the Neighbours Council. Thank you to Katrina who joined the Neighbours Council who listens to the pod as soon as it comes out. I crave it uh, when I drive home or in bed, whatever comes first. Well, she's written when I dive home. So you never know. You never know. Um, Facebook has done something weird with its pages. Yes. Have you noticed that? Like accidentally we can turn ourselves into the official page. It's not great, Kate, because as the official page, I follow a lot of neighbours' content. Right. And I... Like, you know, as a show of support, you follow mm. the neighbours page, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to see their feeds in my feed. <laughs> I'm doing it to, for the branding, you know. Well, in the council, I like to, I always try and comment using my own name. Yes. But now it's like prompting me into the neighbours <sighs> one. And it's, yeah, it's confusing because it's like three different personalities coming through. Yeah. And so, because we try and use our initials when we can, because ain't nobody got time to click back through to the other profile. But I have had to figure out a mute. I've got to mute everyone because also... There's normies out there having neighbours 
dialogues and I'm not about that. I accidentally read a comment about how someone looked like they'd lost weight in the cast and how good they looked. I'm like, I'm not about that toxic body image. Just chat? No. So, yeah, I've got to mute it all. It's no fun. I want pure Neighbours Council content. That reminds me that I had a suggested follow. Who's the guy who was former father? Andrew Morley or something? Mm, Yeah. And I was like, geez, that could not have been targeted more poorly. (laughs) Unless it was through like... CFA circles, unless you donated to the CFA and that's how it found, they found you. Um, I have a loosely neighbours related plant rant for you. Oh, please. Give me a home among the gum trees with lots of plum trees. A sheep or two a so, recent neighbours storyline involving plants or fungi. Oh, right. Yes, yes. The shrooms. Yeah, shrooms. The shrooms. Yeah. Shroomgate. Anyway. In my backyard, in the grass, I do get large patches of mushrooms growing and they're the bane of my life, right? Mm. They're right under the kids' play equipment. You fry Ooh. them up with a bit of oregano? Oh, no, butter. I just, I just, ugh. Anyway, I've planted a new perennial garden bed and then I noticed mushrooms springing up in there and I'm like, not on my patch. I'm going to rip all these out, chuck them in the green waste. That baby Harold will tuck into them yeah. in a moment. And while I've already, you know, schooled baby Madge on saying you never ever eat mushrooms mm. growing on the ground. You only ever eat them. Did just, you use Neighbours as a teachable moment? No, I didn't. But And she was like, I'm never eating mushrooms. And I was like, no, you can eat them on pizzas, okay? <laughs> anyway, and then I thought, you know what, I should actually put them on Reddit to see if they are poisonous or not. Oh, yeah. Posted them. Turns out they're mild psychedelics. Oh, fun. And by mild, I Googled them and they're a class A drug in the UK. Couldn't they have had... All those people that ate the shrooms, couldn't they have had them get gastro and wig out just for some fun for us? Yeah, well, we could have had like, you know, a filter on the screen and like kind of like wobbly camera action (laughs) down by Lasseter's Lakes or something like that. But how about that class A drug growing in my perennial bed? Why aren't we recording at your joint? (laughs) It's going to offer you some mushroom pizza tonight. (laughs) Only on a pizza, baby Madge. Only on Mm, a pizza. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic. Now, out of business. So you're doing business with you. Week commencing 15th of March. Happy birthday, baby Madge. I know. Oh, my little baby's growing up six years. Six and a half years since we started Neighbours. I know. Getting towards seven. It's getting scary to say that number. Now, week before, International Women's Day. Yep. Issues on our minds. There was a point raised in the last podge that it is always around this time of the year that a woman's killed. Yeah. And... I don't think that's necessarily because of International Women's Day. I think it's because it's a major storyline around the birthday of neighbours. Yeah. It's going to be deaths. It's going to be. And last time it was lots of them. Yeah. (laughs) It's just unfortunate timing. But it's not really about luck because these things are always cropping up because this is a consistent Mm, issue. It's a a neighbours trope. But in life... There are many issues around sexism and misogyny and since the Me Too movement, which is the mind boggles. Like I'm sure most women identifying listeners would have always known about this discrepancy in our society with the patriarchy. But only since the Me Too movement have a lot of the fellas been like, oh, it affects lots of you. Okay. And then this movement Mm. gained momentum. It's like, thanks for catching up, fellas. Yeah. Uh, Let us know what else you need. So – there's this big political issue in... In, in Australia. Yes. At the highest levels of government. Yeah. It's so appalling. Try and find... Look, we can't really go into it, but just Google it. Shits 
shit, basically. Yeah. Was it the fish rots from the head? Yeah. Yeah. So, look, there's a lot of behaviour that has been appallingly handled yeah. and discussed. And by, by behaviour, we're talking about actual sexual assault. Yeah. And also the Prime Minister's reaction oh, to yeah. this sexual assault it's, in it's the public t- forum. It's tone deaf. But it's not the only thing that's tone deaf at the moment, is it really, Bayer? No. So, CJ and I went to the march last Monday. You were not well, Kate, so you no, didn't No, I wanted to. Yeah, but a bunch of us went and marched to make the message known that we were not happy with this, um, the discussion around this issue, the handling around it, and the culture of sexism in all workplaces, but especially Parliament. And then we tune into Neighbours. Mm. What's waiting for us? Well, we're seeing yet another um, case of a woman falsely accusing a man of assault. Yeah. Which, what, when did we last see it? Was it Scarlet? Scarlet, yep. She said she made up a boyfriend that was attacking her. And yet please, please continue the narrative of women making false claims because really every woman needs that to be an accepted norm yeah, in the media. And especially because all those myths circulate about how people do that when statistically it's the reverse. Well, statistically in Australia, only 3% of um, sexual assaults reported to the police actually get prosecuted. Yeah, because... Women are scared that they're not going to be believed yeah. and then they're going to be ripped through the headlines mm. and torn to shreds. Yeah. And one of the women is deceased in the current set of news and even her stuff has been she's, thrown out. Yeah, to She's getting victim blamed. Her dirty laundry has been aired. It's horrible. And I don't appreciate Carl Kennedy going around saying that a woman made up that she was assaulted yeah. by it, him. It's actually... Just needs to stop, neighbours. It just needs to stop. It's disgusting. It's, I don't a, it's care. a trope on this show, mm. and it's wrong. And I'm not going to give that storyline any more oxygen after this chat because I don't. I just don't want to fuel it. I don't care that it's showing complexities to Carl, and he has a come to Jesus moment and realizes that he acted badly. We knew you were acting badly weeks ago. You weren't even giving your wife the time of day to have her explain herself. And then you bail up this woman and someone else's woman, your, your wife's work. I can't, no, I'm not giving you an oxygen. It's actually really poisonous and problematic to perpetuate this myth. And I don't care what nuance you're giving to it. And I think everyone's culpable. I don't care whose idea it was, who's producing this script, this story, this plot, this whatever. I, like, even, I feel like even the actors should be speaking up at this point and going, I'm not saying this. Like Alan Fletcher has how many decades behind him on this show where he could go, you know what, this is a little dangerous, this narrative. Could we tweak this, please? Even if the messaging behind it was, oh, I felt a shove. I thought, you know, I thought you pushed me. Like, I'm not even going to begin to dissect it because I just don't think it should have happened. There are other ways you could have created drama. Maybe they weren't as easy, but hey, you all went to writing school, I'm sure. I'm sure there are some chutes that helped you out. Whatever. We're not going to talk about it. The one scene I did enjoy was that it was when it was Susan's birthday and she got up out of bed so happy and, like, Hendrix was making her a cup of tea and she saw a present for herself on the table and that was adorable. And I enjoyed that moment. And then her birthday was ruined. What we will talk about is Harold's. The Harold's lease is up, Kate. Yeah. I guess what, the standard three-year lease? <laughs> <laughs> and you can extend for one year if you want and if, or you can go and open a cafe in L.A. Yeah. Um, remember, it was a couple of weeks ago I said that Nell and Hugo were the, the real losers in this yeah. situation and that they addressed that this week as well. And 
after Dippy had about 18 conversations with everyone else about wanting to move to Sydney, she suddenly went, oh, what about these poor vulnerable children? Motherless children. That suffered a loss of a maternal figure and now I'm going to go as well. Lilyfish, do you want to come and see a house? I'm drawing. Righto, Grumpy Bell. It's been a mood all morning. Yeah, it's piss poor. What's the urgency? For them to decide, because so Shippy have decided two weeks is going to be their deadline to get back, yeah. back up to Sydney. The deadline is Puffy's engineering degree transfer. Yes, which has to be done by the census date, which I assume's kind of hex-based, isn't it? I oh, know, they're, they're looking to charge him fees. Some kind of red tape. I don't know why he wouldn't be able to just go in second semester. Isn't that why you have semesters? Yeah. So you can start a new subject and yeah, that's why they break it up that way? I mean, but bloody good on him if he can transfer his course <laughs> like that. Sure. And Dippy is, like, says there's cafes in Sydney. And th- so the reason it comes up is the lease is up mm. and she had already put the, the wheels into motion mm. when she thought Puffy was going to be together with Jacinta Stapleton forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a few weeks ago. And and they're yeah. already house hunting, which must be a real kick in the teeth to Toadie when he's like, but hang on, you can afford to rent somewhere? And they said they had savings for this move. What do you, like, I thought that was Shane's drug money, firstly, that had been frittered away. Secondly, their savings, where would that lump sum have come from? Oh, mooching off the toad. And recently, selling that affair necklace at auction. Oh, I thought that went to the foundation. Mm, I mean, she said it was going to go to the yeah. foundation. She probably put a bit aside for herself. Yeah. Finder's fee. But then, well, look, I guess, Vaya, they don't have any furniture to move up there. All they need is, like, basically a duffel bag and they're on the road. But then they've got to buy furniture or hire furniture. Yeah. Look, I'm why, actually why isn't she moving into her parents' house? Yeah, it sounds like they've got heaps of room. Yeah. And they've got both kids staying there. Maybe they'll just end up staying there and then, like, Puffy will only find that out when they get there. <laughs> I'd love that. Um well, house hunting is the fun bit, so I do understand why they were jumping online, going, "Let's live in North Ride," which I'm not from New Zealand. I've never, you know, sounds I didn't grow up in New Zealand. It sounds. Expensive. I'm pretty sure all of Sydney is very expensive, yeah. like even the the real shithole parts. If they're getting a bedroom for themselves, a bedroom for Jay and Kersha each, and then a spare room for Nelly to come and visit for sleepovers. Oh no, no, she's going to bunk in with Kersh. Okay, well, I'm sure Kersh will appreciate that while she's doing VCE. Yeah. Awkward, really, isn't it? A lot of – it doesn't even hold a candle to the awkwardness of Toadie, Mackenzie and Yashvi throwing a surprise belated anniversary brunch. Oh, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. bad last year. It's bad this year. Always Just bad. don't do it. Don't do plot lines around anniversaries. Don't do plot lines where you accuse women of lying about their assault. Let's make a running list. Um, I kind of thought – because obviously there's been an announcement about Sharon Johar leaving the show. There hasn't been an announcement about Nicholas Coughlin – I had thought he would accept one of those, they would go down one of the roads that he mentioned, which was he said, I'll stay and finish uni or finish yeah. the year and then you start the cafe and I'll come up. And she's like, no, 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 no. We have to do this together. It's a fresh start. I feel Toadie probably needs the support as well. Mm. Yeah, instead of just yanking his caregivers away from him. Yeah. <laughs> him from his kids. Because they clearly all share the pickup duties for those well, kids. Somebody must pick him up. But it's all okay, Vaya, because Mackenzie's taking over Dippy's role. What's the role? Of being like surrogate mother to okay. Nelly. And she said, actually, I know what it's like to lose my mother. And she had a, a poignant conversation with Nelly. And I just suddenly thought, why haven't they been talking about that this whole time? This would have been a great 
aspect of Mackenzie's character to flesh out. The fact mm. that she had that loss, she could connect with Nellie on that level. Don't have that conversation now. Have it six months ago. Yeah, That's what yeah. we need. We need meaty things like that that we can connect with emotionally with that gal. God, I'll tell you what, though. Toad just must be at the point where he's just like, can I just have my fucking house back? <laughs> Which, to be fair, Mackenzie did say, do you want your house back? Do you want me to leave? Yeah. And like, yeah, sure, you bugger off too. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> seriously. He can hire it. Well, I was going to say he can hire a living nanny, but we all know how that worked out last time. So no. Um, but then Nellie Fish was like the starring role of this plot point during the week. She was, yeah. she just was like, I'm out of here, bishes. Like she's, she, hey, she's got a past history of doing this as well. Oh yeah. She knows the way. She doesn't even, she doesn't need yeah. to look it up. Yeah. And I mean, thank God they weren't at the point where they were dragging Lasseter's lake, but. They are all dummies if they don't first go to the mural of her mother. Yeah. Oh, that of is tragic. Of course she's it? going, I want to talk to mummy. Oh, come on. Let's get a photo for your room, love. And I'm sorry, Dippy, going, okay, I'm staying, I'm staying, Nellie needs me. I'm like, why didn't you, you don't mess with her head now. Yeah, that's Tony Toadie was right to not say to her, oh, she's changed her mind because you had, you know, you cracked it. Yeah. He was right to say, no, I'm going to wait till you're sure and then I'll talk yeah. to her. Ugh. This is why Dippy's kids don't live with her. And you know what? They've got Susan. They're making macaroni necklaces for Susan. Yeah, They've, that's so sweet. That was really cute. So... Their cafe hunting in Sydney. Was there a comment a couple of weeks ago about how the coffee was no good in Sydney? I think I saw that somewhere. Probably just walked past a Malburnian who was saying it out loud in the street. Because <laughs> I saw it mentioned on Twitter. Say, we like, love to say that. I think it was Natweets was saying, is that really a thing? Oh, it was a thing 20 years ago. And I'm yeah. pretty sure the coffee is standard across the country now. Because there, yeah. there was a time where I would go to Queensland quite often and mm. it was like drinking dishwater. But I think it's standardised now. Yeah. But, yeah, it is like there's classic Melbourne coffee snobbery yeah. in that as well. Yeah. Look, if a woman from Burke can come and open a cafe and serve coffee that people keep coming back for, I think she'd be fine in Sydney. And you know what, Nicolette, what you can do until they find a new owner, you can just scrub that deconstructed taco menu item right off that yeah. blackboard. Hun. Kate, you floated the idea of Hendrix running the 82. Yeah. I want Hendrix to just swoop on in and be the proprietor of Harold's Cafe. I want someone with, like, chef qualifications there, <laughs> running at least one food business. Oh, yeah. Who are they going to get to run Harold's? Will Harold's Ghost of Gary. Is Harold's going to cease to exist for a while now we've got the Flamingo Bar? <gasps> okay. Shout out before I forget, Olivia, Mayor of the Neighbours Council, for pointing out that this looks like they're throwing a bit of shade to our mates over at Summer Bay. This looks like they're having the taking the piss of the surf club. <laughs> it's... it's it's a bit tragic, the old flamingo bar, isn't it? It is, especially as we head into autumn. Um, this We had a little heat wave during the week. And when I say heat wave, it was 26 degrees. It was rather nice. My, my son had a bath outside, ate some dirt. It was great. But that's the end of the hot weather. We're going into layers. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know that the original Lasseter's set was built for a different soap? Yep, so it was called Holiday Island and so the whole what was the pond in the middle of Lasseter's was originally like this resort swimming pool. Oh, fantastic. Because it was meant to the, – the soap itself was meant to be set in Queensland in a tropical resort island, <laughs> but it was shot obviously in Nana Wadding and um, they they actually had to – they couldn't mask the icy breath of the people no. in bikinis on set – so that's why I imagine like walking through sand in bare feet would be like that. Like you'd feel, you get automatic arthritis in your feet, I reckon, <laughs> just like 
That's from the, how cold the sand would be. That's the other thing. Nunawading isn't even, it's not like it's a beach suburb. It's no. not like it's Elwood where there's a beach nearby. And this is basically set up under the grove of trees where Kate Ramsey famously lost her shoes. You, now, you've said this a lot over the years and now my brain has completely wiped why she lost her shoes. Uh, she was walking down there, possibly drunk, possibly okay. coming home oh, from yeah, something yeah, yeah. and lost her shoes. Oh, Lady Mark Brennan was probably firing up the Weber. Mm. <laughs> I just, wait, what, what? I, I don't understand. I assume it's some sort of COVID thing where they can't film in the back lane bar anymore, but. Uh, yeah, the back lane bar is not COVID safe, even in within the fictional universe. Like, no. <laughs> but. Oh, I, did you notice they had Adirondack chairs though, like in a nod to when we record at my house? Oh, there's, look, there's a lot of details to pick up on. So they've got sand. It's a bit like if any pals have gone over to Brisbane They've got a manufactured, an artificial beach in yeah. South Bank, which, which is I rather love. nice. Yeah. I, like a lot of locals think it's hokey, but I love it as a tourist to go into the city and then just yeah. walk along the beach in the middle of the city. Yeah. But I I wouldn't choose to go to a cafe with a sandy floor on it unless I'm in, say, Thailand and it's hot. It's not even a cafe. It's a bar. Because Emmett was like, "Let's can we go there? That looks cool. And they're like, well, first we have to have lunch. So they had to go to yeah. Car- Harold's to have lunch. And then they were going to, I'd go take him for a mocktail at the I mean, Flamingo like, Bar. Plenty, like, good on them, like, lasting beyond a week when they're not su- serving food in the middle of the day. It is strange because I, I really love the storylines they've done from the Flamingo Bar. Mm. One we didn't get to hit on much last week, which was Shoxy, Sheila and Roxy, the double act we deserve. Oh, it was wonderful. On fire, basically pitching themselves as a threesome to this guy they were trying to get information yes, from for, that was great. about Roxy's attack. They were out on the town and then Coyle has it planted in his head that Sheila and Roxy are essentially the same person. Well, they are. They're from the same archetype. Yeah. Cut from the same cloth. And I actually am enjoying the other characters play it with genuine amusement. Yeah, they're teasing yeah, Coyle about it's, it. It seems really fun. And it's been really enjoyable to watch that play out. And every time he mm. looks over at them, they're having the same thoughts and they're yeah. bonding and it's Doing adorable. Doing Maga together. Arms up so you're protecting your face. And left, right, knee. Yes. <laughs> so when can we lay some hurt on someone? Sheila, so bloodthirsty. <laughs> you know, I'm with Sheila. I want to learn how to maim. Whoa, go easy. Well, we don't want to take anyone's eye out. I want to take eyes out. Yeah, and groins. Let's not forget groins. <laughs> So alike, it's like they share the same brain. Funny. That was wonderful, wonderful. Um, B coaching them. But Coyle, calm your farm, mate. He, oh, he needs to take himself down a peg. He's, what, 35 and she's like 22. Mate, you are lucky that she's even casting an eye at you. Let do, a, do not be choosy about this matter. Let alone being so kind to your grandmother. Yeah who has never had an easy time of it, and it's now the one-year anniversary of her son's death. Yeah. And Roxy's there to cheer her up while she's having her own tough time. Mm. Like, it's all fun and games to be playing, you know, faux wounded that everyone's teasing you, but actually take a seat. And just go, you know what? My grand's great. Yeah. Get over it. And COVID times, like, people are missing their families and you've got two loved ones there getting Mm. along like a house. Eat it up. Um, did you see our special visitor this week in the lifeguard? Oh role? yes, I thought you were about to say yeah, gas can the pigeon. Yeah, he's okay. back as is um, Prugin. Prugin. <laughs> oh, that's a tease. Stand by for that. Yes, the fairly dim waiter at the at the bar. So this is Margot Robbie's brother. Is it Cameron? 
I think so. Yeah, Cameron Robbie. He was essentially a life art guard that's not needed because there's no water. water. Although, that also p- he doesn't pond at look, Lasseter's He doesn't dangerous. look like any Australian lifeguard I've ever seen. He just looks like he's wearing a Baywatch and he's actually outfit. he's actually quite well spoken. So it doesn't make sense that he's a bit dim because he keeps yeah. he all he, his only hint that he's not very intelligent is that he forgets people's names, which is yeah, he's an easy a, mistake to make. Well, he's, he called. To rage, Therese. Which is hilarious. And Paul Pete, which is, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. They could pass for those names. And so, yeah, Sheila and Roxy are having a great time objectifying him and getting him fetch, fetch their drinks and stuff and wonderful. Yeah, so Flamingo Bar and then later on Mackenzie and Richie are using it to study. Oh, that brings down the vibe, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> talking to torts. It's kind of like, like kind of same day on the week where Nicolette sets up Chloe at the best table to work there all day. Which I did like. So let's do some Brennan, Brendan, Bizzo. Now, Valet, Ma Brennan, she had her send-off in South Australia, where she's from, with the Brennan clan getting together to get that done. And we get a hint that they've maybe mended their rift because Mm. Mark gave a care package of baby things to Aaron and David. Chloe has come back and she's rattling around in that Brendan all on her own with her feelings and she doesn't want to be with them. So Nicolette's invited her to work from the cafe for the day, which is cute. And in the middle of this, we'll get to it, but Nicolette finds herself moving back into the Brendan with Chloe and somehow, I guess in her grief veil, Chloe now has developed feelings for Nicolette. What a mess. (laughs) It's a hot mess. I'm exhausted. (laughs) Chloe, just find someone different. Not the baby mama of your brother's kid. Or just base it on lust. You're grieving. You need to forget. She wants to throw herself into work and to rage is like, how about you just do light duties? But don't throw yourself at the woman who's got like the major hots for you. And is carrying your brother's baby. Yeah. And finally, got a little bump. Yeah. Out it popped. Um, I'm not buying this from Chloe. She seems to be forcing it. Like she's looked around and gone, oh, yeah. Oh, this is not she that. asked me into the sack. <laughs> Why not? Sure thing. <laughs> Something happened before. We'd been talking and she was being super nice and making tea and I felt something. Something. Oh, as in something. I think I like her. So, I don't know. I don't know. Look, I... I just feel like it was a spur of the moment thing. And then she's like, oh, nah, maybe not. Mm. So what's going to happen? Jane's going to come back and she's not going to move out, is she? That's right. I keep forgetting Jane lives somewhere. Where is everyone going to live? Well, how are they going to have a baby? And where's, where are they going to put everybody? I'm very concerned. Because little Buddy's back too. Yep, here we go. Yep. So little Buddy's coming back and they want him to move into the Brenacker household. Yeah, these is, this is the foster brothers, Brent and Emmett. The shitbag brothers, I should say. No, one's a shitbag and one's a good kid, heart of yeah. gold. And Brent is of age, but he's living with the Brenackers. But Emmett, who I actually... Like, th- Brent, Brent likes a bit of top shelf liquor as well. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Paul's on the good yeah, shit. giving it out. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he was absolutely right. You've got guests. There's this dish when you visit older Greek relatives that they yeah. get out for you. 
It's called licor and it's just a f- sweet fruit that's been sitting in syrup for an eternity. Yeah. And it's the most delicious thing. But they bring mm. it out in a little crystal dish and you know you're a really special visitor. So whenever yeah. I go to Greece, it's like, you know, once a decade, mm. you visit someone's house in the village and they get you a glicor and it's like a little cherry or a little plum yeah. or something in syrup. <sighs> you feel like a queen. <laughs> that's what you do, Paul, for visitors. You get your top shelf whiskey down and then Roxy got stuck right in as well. <laughs> she was stumbling. But we'll hop back over to them in a second. Yeah. Brent, yeah, he's suddenly tasting the good life. He's like, come on, little buddy, let's go to Harold's. I'm shouting. Yeah. But but little buddy um, can't move into the Brenecker household because Nicolette's got a criminal record. Mm, yeah, she's criminal. But, which which like, means that basically nobody on the street can have no. um, little buddy live with them. Surprise, David doesn't have a criminal record. Yeah. Didn't he do worse things than yeah, Nicolette? pretty sure. Like he, what, stole scripts or something yeah. or like did falsified scripts? How does he still have a medical licence? Whereas finders keepers in Nicolette's case. Yeah. Oh, that bloody Baudry. She really oh. screwed things up. But he can't move in with Paul and Therage because Therage can't even go to America. No. Yeah, she, no, he um, can't go anywhere near that house. Sheila's got a well, criminal well, record. Carl's just been like taken away oh. in cuffs, man. So Odd. like they can't foster him. No. Luckily... Everyone that's in everyone's care at the moment is 18, so they yeah. can't be whisked away. Can they Can they be fostering and then bring in their much-wanted new baby into the house as well? Well, I mean, I'm sure they can, but as Layla, welcome back, Layla. The, mm. um, oh, the yeah, case, I love that they've the, got the same. Yeah, the caseworker. She said it's not, I mean, it's not wise to no. be managing all of this at once. Please. I was happy to hear you have a baby on the way, but Emmett said the mother had to move out so he could stay here. Nicolette is our surrogate. Having our own child won't affect the way that we care for Emmett. How can it not? A newborn will take all your time and energy. We're ready for that. And maybe you are. But I can't risk what's best for Emmett on maybes. There's a lot of people that would tell me right before I had the baby, like, oh, you better get some sleep now because you're, yeah, nev- you're never yeah, sleeping I don't again. I don't think it quite works like that. And I'm like, okay, shut up. I know what I'm doing. It is a shock though. It is. <laughs> Like your whole life changes. As you know it. <laughs> That's the thing. You can't actually get that across to someone who hasn't had a kid that you're just like, oh, my God, I'm not the top of my own totem pole anymore. The only thing I can liken it to is before you ever went overseas, you couldn't imagine what it was like. You could see postcards and you can movies and mm. you could watch Getaway, but until you set foot on foreign soil and visited another culture, you didn't get a sense mm. Of what it was like. You didn't know what barley was going to smell like, (laughs) Faya. And so that's what I feel becoming a parent is like. You come out the other side and you are changed. Yeah. Like an eat, pray, love moment. But also like sleep deprivation really does change you. Sleep, eat, love. Mm. But it's it's neither fair to the new baby nor to um, little buddy himself. I just think they're dreaming. They're like, yeah. they kept saying, we've got it covered. You do not have it covered, Particularly assholes. with like kind of this surrogate plan was kind of like, oh, well, Nicolette's basically going to be around after the baby's born. Yeah, I thought the whole thing was we'll all live together and we'll, yeah. the baby can come to, but, into its life with all of us. But now she lives across the road. And she's moving around as much as pregnant Ellie was. Yeah. And the amount of stuff I accumulated when I was pregnant, I, I couldn't just move around with it all. No. I had pillows as far as the eye could see, body, pillows. But also if she's planning on breastfeeding the baby, she does need to live in the same house as it. 
Oh, I didn't even think she'd be away from it. God, this is like a Handmaid's Tale scenario where they're like yanking the baby off her. And, mm. Oh, God. I mean, she. <laughs> no, not just a Handmaid's Tale image of when she was inseminated. <laughs> 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 the ceremony. Oh. But, I mean, if she's only next door, she could express every day, but it's very inconvenient. Yeah. Mm. No, it just, this doesn't work out. This is a disaster. They're deluding themselves. Yeah. If he thinks he's going to be a full-time working doctor and Aaron's going to be at the gym and they're going to have two teenage. But also, lol, Aaron's gym. I know, he's suddenly like, I've got rosters, of, I've got to get across the rosters. I'm like, mate. You haven't lifted a dumbbell in Wouldn't 17 months. Wouldn't you just have months. contractors who are like personal trainers who work out of your shipping container? Yeah. At this stage, he's the landlord. Yeah. Um, then two teenage teenagers with issues. Yeah. They're vulnerable kids. They need your constant attention. Brent is going to sell the house out from under you in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Emmett has very deep emotional wounds. And attachment issues. And, oh. No, no, I'm sorry. It's you, fraught. This is not the right situation to be fostering. Ooh. And they've barely, like, seen him in six months. But they're like, oh, we can't let him go to New Zealand. I'm like, New Zealand's great. Yeah, yeah. It's basically like going interstate. As long as he's not living on a fault line, I'm sure he's going to have a great New time. New Zealand is closer to us than WA. Yeah, where... Um, Who went over there? Auntie Sue, was it, or someone? Mackenzie's Auntie, Auntie Sue? Mackenzie's, Trish. Uh, yeah. Auntie Trish, yeah. However, plausible yeah. family casting with Auntie Linda. She was the spitting image of Emmett. Yeah, well, actually... I took a photo of my TV tonight because something really cracked me up. Um, I feel Brent might have a touch of mangle about him. <laughs> He's like, I'm standing in front of Mrs. Mangle's portrait and their, their necks are both so long. Popping a vein. They're both stressed out individuals. Yeah. I can see why. They're giving off similar energy, mm-hmm. Brent and Mang. So, Kate, talk us through the little pickle Brent's got himself into because, and I oh got it. Bloody cuts deep every time Harlow says, because now they're boyfriend and girlfriend, they've declared. She's like, I, you know, I can't have anybody lie to me anymore and I'm so glad I've trusted you. <sighs> Lady, he tried to assault you last time, the first time we met him, basically. Another dark day. Yeah. For women's representation in Neighbours. Yeah, gender politics on Ramsey Street. <sighs> yes. So, of course, we were talking about Roxy being assaulted before and the only piece of evidence that was left by the um, culprit was... Some really heinous-looking skull. <laughs> it looked like Skeletor. It looked like He-Man merchandise. <laughs> like something I would have wanted for Christmas when I was nine. <laughs> but also, I wouldn't look at that and go, well, this is clearly left by the assailant and not just some random, like, <laughs> 18-year-old dude who thought he'd look tough wearing it at uni. Oh, oh, it's, oh, it's tragic. Anyway, then when um, Brent's over there quaffing the top shelf, his backpack opens and out rolls out of it another skull ring. Under the couch. Yeah, so is it, are we led to believe that he attacked Roxy? Is he in some sort of skull ring gang? Skullduggery? <laughs> is it like a bikey gang? Well, well, kind of, yeah, maybe yeah. it is a dirt bikey because, gang. yeah, that's what, he's got this friend Holden, these names. As Karen said in last week's pod, cop these names. You kind of Holden. You, you know, you know that like he's got a brother called Brocky or something like that. Holden is the well was the GMH brand in Australia. So mm. you know, if someone's called Holden, their parents are bogans. And like we have a Sydney and Melbourne rivalry, the car aficionados. Holden versus Ford. Yeah, you've got to pick a side. And well, Doctor Carl's Holden. He's got like an old ancient Commodore station wagon. And funny thing about me, I used to work in the Ford factory near where we are now. Uh, on the engine line. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> 
I was in the call centre, obviously. <laughs> I was in the call centre. I think I've told this story on the pod before, but we would ring people up and ask them about their four territories mm-hmm. and what their experience was like. But the call centre was in the factory, so we had to have like factory I training. Love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fascinating because you see yeah. a slice of life, slice of the community you never interact with. The, my first couple of professional jobs were in um, the offices of sock factories because I was designing oh, socks and we had the factories at the back. One was super professional and one was terrifyingly dangerous. <laughs> ooh, ooh. So, yeah. Oh, when I was in year seven, we were not on a school excursion to the Ford oh, Factory. Like the box factory, no. No, the, the Ford house. factory was yeah. far better. It was yeah. so interesting because I was a nerd as well and I was like, this is amazing yeah. getting to see this. And we got to drive the cars. That was fun to like, so we could talk to the clients about them. But the most important part of this job was that I had to sit in the same break room as like big beefy factory workers. Yeah. And uh, often it would be 6.30pm. The shift would be like 6 to 9pm. Mm. And I would go to the little vending machine, get my snack or dinner, cup of soup, and I would ask politely to the beefy gents around me if I could switch the TV from a current affair over to Neighbours. <laughs> and nine times out of ten they didn't mind, but sometimes they wouldn't let me. <laughs> Went down like a cup of cold sick. <laughs> it's just me putting Neighbours on for these men. <laughs> I could not give two shits. What flick, flick Scully had the hots for her sister's yeah. boyfriend or whatever. Anyway. Anyway. That's Holden the- is this young man's name. This ginger well, fellow. I was going to say, rather attractive ginger boy. Mm. With his little hoodie. Another crim of the week. What does he want Brent to do for him? Hide some goods? The classic. Yeah, hide. hide a stolen motorbike. A neighbour's gangland classic. Stolen dirt bike. And where are you going to hide it? In the dugout. The dugout. I was trying to think, the, the, what's the name of that bloody tiki part? The dugout. Didn't he call it the party shed? Holding in his text message. He's like, I want you to put something in that party shed. <laughs> Mate, it's like a school canteen. It's got like a servery. You can't hide things in there. It's open air. But then then he ends up wheeling it into um, the hive. I mean, Ned doesn't need this. Ned is, and Ned Brent, does not need this. Brent's trying to fiddle with the lock on that self-storage guy. But... Um, that Scarlet was no. peering through the woman in, on the door. <laughs> yeah, use that man's room, that guy with the pee pee holes. I mean, here's an idea for the crim. Put it in a self-storage place. <laughs> like, I don't know. Then you don't have to involve this dipshit. That costs money, though. Yeah, but it could get stolen. What are you going to do, go and break Brent's kneecaps? That's not going to give you any oh, money true. back. Anyway, so he's trying to like... Why, why doesn't Brent get this guy onto to Hendrix and say, hey, this guy's rich, blackmail him? Because Brent and Hendrix aren't enemies. KB's theory as he walked past was that maybe Brent's going to get killed off with this gang situation and then they'll be left with Emmett. Then everyone will have enough room at the house. Mm, I don't know. Look, it was a it was a tiring week. It was a slog. And we all, be, Kate and I each mainlined the week today. It's not an advisable well, way to, to consume it. To be honest, it. I watched Monday live and then I was just like, I don't have the energy nah. to watch any further parts of this Carl Kennedy storyline. The day that women marched around the country for their yeah. rights. Oh, that's the kicker to a Prime Minister who then said, um, you're very lucky that a protest like this wasn't met with bullets. Yeah, in other co- yeah. other countries around our region. Yeah. And actually, Jamila Rizvi gave a speech at the march and said these are plots we see play out all around us. We see them on Neighbours. And <sighs> it was very apt. That's all I got to yeah. say. Um, I just realised we didn't leave anything to discuss for Patreon, but I actually need a week to catch up on my Patreon trimmings because it's my last couple of weeks of work and I'm a little bit squeezed. So I'm going to use this week to catch up. 
and all my bits. And then next week we'll yeah. carve out a nice trimming for our patrons. But um, I've still got a few – look for the bum anniversary. I've got a few bum cake outtake photos I didn't post. So I'll put them up in Patreon. And then Levi has to come over and handcuff Carl. That was the big cliffhanger. I don't know. How, how often do you have to bust out like handcuffs? I don't know. It's, it's reminiscent of Mark Brennan on his yeah. wedding day. Because it's Levi having to arrest his girlfriend's uncle. Come on, B. Just end this relationship. <sighs> she know, You know you're going to have to talk about a cop's work with him. Like, mm. that's what he does. He has to sniff around people suspiciously. I feel B would have real ACAB vibes about her anyway from living on the streets. What does that word mean? Oh, ACAB. Oh, cops are bastards. Oh. Do you think she's been a street kid? I thought she'd hate the police. I'd love it if she, like, revealed one of her tats said that. (laughs) (laughs) Levi's like, here, I've got some, I've got a present idea for you. Forget the billy cart. How about tattoo removal? (laughs) I know I've never, you know, I've never undressed before you, but I've got a tramp stamp that says, She'd, she'd managed to hide it from Yashvi this whole time. <laughs> Maybe when she gets undressed, she just kind of keeps her back to the wall and itches around. <laughs> Quick, like, turn the lights off. No, we're not doing it that way, Levi. We're doing it the way I like. We're doing it the, the old-fashioned way. <laughs> this is the most interest I've ever had in Bevi. <laughs> Yay, they finally got my attention. Ugh. I think the only thing left to do is citizen or citizen at this point in time in proceedings. Well, look, a great thing about this week is that we've reinstated Hot Mess. Great. Love it. We needed something with the outgoing Mar Brennan jingle. Yeah. Um, look. I'm not going to dignify the storyline we're not going to talk about with nah, giving nah. it any awards. I mean, I am going to have to give a citizen to Dippy for saying she will go, saying she won't, saying she will, and yet now she is going. Don't, don't play with a child's emotions yeah, don't like this. have a, what, seven-year-old, eight-year-old weigh in to yeah. big, big adult decisions. You, you you are the adult in the room here and it's it's really not fair to the children. And then one point V's like, um, Jay and Kershaw are really excited that you're all going to live together. Yeah. So <laughs> don't take that away from them. Oy, oy, oy. And another reason that she's worthy of shit is in this week is that she's moving to the city where her affair partner lives. Oh, how convenient, Fair Pashos. <laughs> so we're going to have a fresh start yeah. in my other boyfriend's hometown. Oh, be a shame if we bumped into each other <laughs> on the streets of North Ride. The mean streets of Epping, mm. um, which we have an Epping here, so I couldn't, I just kept thinking oh, mate, of. Imagine moving to Epping. I just kept thinking the, of the Epping Costco. Oh, the Epping, like Laurie D's at Epping, the best burgers in Melbourne. Yeah, they're going to have a great time. I have to think of one. Oh, I thought you were going to double up on the dips. Nah, nah. There's double, just, double dippy. Double dip. Nah, there's too much to share around. Um, okay, citizen of the week for the bummiversary because I do, I do celebrate. You're observant in this household? Yeah, I observe. Prugen. Prue. <laughs> Harlow's late mother came back to us in pigeon form. They held a little memorial at the tram. They were very overdressed, I thought. But anyway. And they sat around sharing their memories, which was very awkward because at one point they were like, oh, then my mum and your dad broke up and they hated it. it was awkward. And then. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't the love of the ages really. No, and, we, and then Sheila didn't like her and she's like, oh man, I spused all my energy saying one nice thing about Brew. <laughs> now I've got nothing left. <laughs> Tell you what though, she has come back as one fancy pigeon. What a beautiful bird. Had like fluffy feet, big white patches on it. Um. 
I mean, Gaz Pidge is beautiful. It's a beautiful, clean-looking mm. pigeon that's well cared for and isn't missing any parts. <laughs> Unlike Gary, there's no, like, wounds in its back. So, yeah, Prue came back to us in pigeon form. A lot of ghost citizens lately, got to say, on this pod. Um, but it's been nice. The, the thing is, I would have thought that Terage and Hullo would have been kind of giving side eyes of what the hell. But they, they took it in good humour, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, because, like, Willis Robinsons were not built to hang out with Cannings. Like, they were not. The but, Cannings aren't coming over and having the top shelf scotch. But the, the two of them are not people who believe in reincarnated pigeons either. No. How weird is it for Terage to go to a memorial for her ex-boyfriend Gaz and his new girlfriend? Oh. Oh, that's super weird. And she didn't even seem that cut up about it. Like, she didn't have a moment where she felt poignant about it. I guess she's moved on. (laughs) What a weird week. That's that. CJ couldn't even bring herself to watch the rest of this week. No, not after, like, after Monday. No. No. Ugh. So, some redemption storylines need to come next week. Looking forward. I've seen the preview to next week has, like, Ned flushing around some portrait of Millsy. Yeah, but like a photo, wasn't it? Well, maybe there's some commission happening, Mm. I think. Olivia Bell's sniffing around him. This could make your fortune. Yeah, I'm I'm here for it. (laughs) He needs it because Brent's bringing down that hive. Um, Well, CJ's new podcast is Married on Maths. I'll probably chat to her next week. We are Neighbours Pod on Twitter, on TikTok, Neighbours Council on Facebook. I'm Vase on Instagram. Kate? I'm Remude on Twitter. Send us a voice memo if you would ever like to, neighbourspod at gmail.com. Thanks to Joe who sent one last week. I didn't name check you, but thank you. And thank you to Lucy for your help with last week's outgoing song. Well done. <sighs> Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. She walks, she Sight. When she 